Hello everyone and thank you for joining the Change I am Possible podcast do kindly subscribe support and share so today i bring to you akshay singhvil he is the founder of logline materials a bangalore based nanotechnology startup that's using graphene to power and revolutionize the future of mobility with aluminum fuel cells they say that it can power an electric vehicle for 1000 kilometers with zero waste and zero emission basically a circular way of generating electricity besides uh, that they also built a product called corona oven which is a disinfecting chamber that kills corona viruses and other pathogens so i wish you enjoy this conversation So Akshay tell me nanotechnology is one of the most disruptive and transformative technology right because it proposes to engineer or re-engineer the source code of life right all that we see all that we experience the entire universe as we know it is basically made of nothing but atoms right so can you explain to my audience what nanotechnology is its history and what will happen when the technology matures uh, the term nanotechnology was kind of coined uh, by richard finman who is a very renowned uh, physicist uh, who was a very renowned physicist i would say and uh, he said that uh, there is too much uh, say so much room at the bottom what he meant was uh, that is very famous uh, lecture that he gave uh, in us Uh, which uh, in which he mentioned there's too much room at the bottom so what he me- what he meant was that there's too, so much scope and there's so much uh, to be done at that nano level at that atomic molecular level uh, and uh, by doing that we can achieve so many great advances if you look at all the uh, semiconductor industry all the other technologies which now transform our daily lives are based on nanotechnology if nanotechnology was not there nano fabrication was not possible uh, nano and microfabrication so to speak uh all your uh, uh, high uh, high capacity uh, uh, pen drives or hard disks and memory storage and all all sort of uh, advanced communication uh, uh, chips and platforms would have wouldn't have been possible so it, it it is not like it has a potential it has definitely has tremendous potential but it is already impacting our lives in in ways we we can't even imagine uh there is a lot of uh, use of nanotechnology which is happening in the space exploration and stuff like that so all the cutting edge of technology is using nano at in some some form or the another and if you look at let's let's, let's talk about the current outbreak itself for example so any kind of uh, diagnostic tools uh, in today's world uh, whether it is for covid-19 or or beyond uh, use uh, various forms of nanotechnological uh, processes and and materials for diagnostic purposes for interventions which are uh, which are being used for uh, developing drugs and stuff like that so it is it is available everywhere so what nano basically means is that any material uh, which is in the range of uh, 1 to 100 nanometers or some some in, in some loose uh, definitions it is up to 200 nanometers as well uh, anything between that range which is of that size is a nano material and anything to do with and deal with this uh, this uh, these materials is nanotechnology uh, per se so when we talk about atoms and molecules they are less than 1 nanometer so we are talking about a small cluster of atoms and molecules Uh, which we classify as nanomaterial and in that case any dimension all or one of the dimensions has to be in that in that range so it is not like the whole object has to be in that range but any one dimension of uh, of that uh, 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 i would say particle has to be uh, in the nano range that's what nanotechnology entails basically 
Right. So, so can you give my audience a re- reference or an indication how small? I mean, uh, is nano when you said hundred nanometers? You know how? Right. It, it, yeah. Uh, I always so basically uh, if we if I talk about my company Log Nine, so we uh, we have we work on graphene, which is one of the nanomaterials. And as I was saying, that one dimension has to be in nano. So if you look at graphene, uh, so it is like a sheet. So the two dimensions, x y dimensions, are not uh, necessarily in the nano range. but the thickness is in the nano range so i always uh, uh, give this example that if you take a, uh, like like a sheet of uh, tissue paper for example so if you imagine uh, so basically if you take a full stack of tissue papers you can imagine that to be graphite uh, so graphite has this layered structure where multiple sheets are arranged on top of another and if you take out one sheet out of that stack that basically is graphene now but the only difference is that you can visualize uh, 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 you, you can visualize the thickness of a tissue stack and then one tissue uh, thickness as well but that one tissue thickness itself has will have millions and millions of uh, graphene sheet so that's the level we're talking about if you take uh, uh, your hair strand in your hair strand itself there will be 1 million uh, nanoparticles that wow. can fit in the thickness of the hair strand so that is the kind of scale we're talking about Oh, lovely so so talking about graphene you know i mean uh, excuse my very limited knowledge about graphene but uh, graphene is a byproduct of graphite which is nothing but your pencil tip right i mean your right. right right so so graphene i mean there was this huge hype around it you know it's supposed to be that wonder material you know and, and people said that it's going to take over the world but nothing like that uh, you know it, it it had happened it, it's been vouched to be the strongest material It, it 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 promises it, it promised us a whole lot of thing you know right from your ultralight airplanes you know capturing carbon out of thing a, a uh, graphene based electronic wearable cloth clothing space uh, elevator and thing like that so 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 where does the technology stand currently and what are its potential what when people have been saying all of these things what are the timelines of uh, graphene being productive though at this point of time it says it's 100 times more stronger than steel and things like that what uh, what uh, is its current use cases and uh, what, what what's going to be its future impact so uh, basically what has happened in the world beyond the uh, smartphone era is that people have become immensely impatient right so if you if yeah. you see uh, graphene was discovered in 2004 and it was not until 2010 that actual uh, like co- like focused research on this material started so we, we are what we are looking at is just uh, 10 years of uh, research happening on a completely new material talk about any other material in the history of mankind every material has taken 30 40 50 years to mature to its uh, potential when you if you talk about steel steel was discovered uh, in the last uh, decade of 1800s right and then it took another 30 40 years before it could actually be uh, like used at such a mass scale at least 25 30 years it took so i'm not saying it will take 30 years it will not it will not take 20 more years so already applications of graphene have started to come uh, but the thing is that uh, research in on, on in such fundamental areas requires patience and time and patient capital as well so all these uh, things have to be kept in mind when we uh, say that there was so much hype and then there was so much Uh, uh kind of uh, potential opportunity that we, that was shown to us by talking about graphene but where is uh, the product so they are coming up i do appreciate that the hype was much, uh, much more than uh, the pace at which we have been able to deliver on the products but they are coming up 
and uh, particularly if you look at the major advances that have happened with graphene are in the energy storage area there are a lot of uh, companies which are coming up with batteries which are enhanced with graphene and not just uh, new startups or new companies even traditional companies have been leveraging graphene for various high end energy storage applications including lithium ion batteries super capacitors and uh, and others then there is a lot of uh, scope of graphene in the filtration space uh, log9 materials has itself uh, launched two products in the filtration space which are already in the market and uh, and uh, we are uh, five times more efficient at the same price point than any competing product in the market which is not graphene based so from okay. that perspective it is already starting to make an impact but definitely it it requires more time right completely understand so, so, it, so yes i mean uh, when you said in, we have grown immensely impatient i completely hear that see that and i agree because i have been uh, vested in the ar vr space since uh, early 2015 and then i realized that people are over expecting of these emergent technologies which are all so in a nascent stage you know so all of these you know right from artificial intelligence iot nanotechnology blockchain ar vr mr or autonomous vehicle they are extremely in, in in this nascent stage and we need to be aware and careful of these technologies because once they mature all of these technologies are so potential that each of these could transform mankind and not just transform it could disrupt mankind if we do not make the right choices right so currently today we have been actually hit by covid 19 a natural disaster exactly we might get hit in the future with emerging technologies if we do not take the right choices right now if we don't have the ethical moral right. uh, conversation built in right now because all of these technologies are so transformational like i said it's it oh, it can disrupt mankind right so currently everybody is uh, talking about covid 19 we are all confined to our house but if you see i mean though this natural disaster has left uh, uh, it's going to have long term disruption but every dark cloud has a silver lining right so that this this has been unprecedented times and no time in history has the entire world come together you know right from researchers scientists uh, uh, doctors uh, tech companies all trying to build things to find solutions for covid-19 or fight against corona right so you have built something called in corona ov uh corona yes. oven that can disinfect uh, virus so can you share details on that please yes so basically uh, although this has nothing to do with nanotechnology per se right. uh, but uh, what has happened is that given our past experience of 5 years on developing various products prototyping and fabrication and taking it to market uh so from that perspective we had all the infrastructure required for rapid prototyping and then uh putting together a lot of uh, products and uh, taking them to the fabrication level and then to the market level so we have uh, once the outbreak happened and then lockdown happened in india we started uh, to explore that uh, what contribution we can make to society in terms of uh fighting against covid-19 and that's when we uh, realized that every day we are bringing in a lot of groceries in our houses and then we are washing them with soap water or with alcohol and stuff like that and uh, at the same time uh, if you look at hospitals they are they are in dire shortage of masks and pp and all of that kind of stuff uh, so how do we uh, make sure that more masks are available uh, to uh, the hospitals and 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 the thing is that we need quality masks over there 
So uh, even Ames uh, said that uh, uh, to, to his doctor that you uh, take your mask and sanitize it and try to sanitize and reuse it. But how do you sanitize it? You cannot just put a sanitizer on a mask because it will render it unusable. So that's when we uh, figure out that UV uh, light, if when when designed in the right way uh, with the right intensity and orientation, then it can sanitize any object. Uh, but the design feature and the uh, has to be uh, really great so that uh, every corner of the object is uh, is covered. At the same time, the intensity is above the threshold recommended by FDA. So that's what we designed. We we have been able to uh, put pull together all our resources and uh, design this uh, product from idea to uh, uh, manufacturing in in less than fifteen days. So that's what uh, has happened. And now we have been able to deploy uh, this product across all police stations in Bangalore. And then it has been it has gone to hospitals in Mumbai, in Delhi, in Bangalore, and other places. Apart from the uh, the direct customers, which are which are uh, buying it for their houses, so it has been a great success for Log Nine because uh, that 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 quick time to uh, market that we have been able to deliver on this product is phenomenal. Lovely, yeah. I I think adversity has this weird thing. It creates opportunities, right? And and, yeah. and it also uh, nudges people like you to create, build, innovate, and you know create these solutions. So yes, I mean, I was recently watching this video. There was this doctor who was showing how if if he if he goes out to shop for essentials, he comes back and then he's got to transfer stuff from one bag to another. Then he's got to sanitize it and it, it's an extremely cumbersome process right so you saying you have a corona oven which whatever whether it's groceries whether it's personal protective equipment all you need to do is you need to put it in in that oven and how long would it take to sanitize uh, i mean uh, so within 10 minutes and within 10 minutes any surface uh, can be sanitized uh, uh, of uh, of COVID nineteen or any other pathogen, so it's not just uh, the COVID nineteen virus, but any kind of bacteria or any other kind of mold, any other kind of virus or pathogen can be completely neutralized in the oven. And you just buy every all the groceries and stuff, and then put it inside the chamber, and then uh, you go. Lovely. And what about the production? You know, because at this point in time, I mean, are you to a production? Uh, if if you need to scale up, or how, how does that work? What what are the partnerships? Do you have? So we are already. Uh, we we are using various contract manufacturers for for this product, and uh, uh, we have we are at a stage of where we are able to produce two hundred units per day, and now we are ramping it uh, higher. So because the demand is much more, we are ramping up production as we speak. Right. So UVC light also. I mean, I read that there's these negatives also. I mean, you know, if if you look straight mm-hmm. in the eyes, your cornea can get burnt. So so basically, how uh, safe is it basically? Safety, yeah, so for human safety, what you ensured is that there is no leakage of uh, uh, UV light from the chamber. Right. So even if you try to uh, open the chamber while it is working, it will get get switched off. Right. So uh, when the lid it goes off, and then once as long as the lid is closed, there is zero leakage of UVC light out of the chamber. So everything remains contained within the chamber itself. So we have used four layer of protective uh, materials uh, to build the chamber. Uh, so, uh, which which ensures that uh, nothing gets uh, uh, out of the chamber. Some are reflective in nature, some are absorbent in nature, and with that, we have built the box uh, of high high quality so that there is no leakage of UV UV light outside the chamber. 
right yeah so so in in the ar vr space there's this company called clean box technology i think they built a similar product where you need to disinfect these ar vr headsets you know and that's largely mm-hmm. meant for your location based virtual reality entertainment centers you know where you have these large numbers of vr headsets you know and and so many people use it so they have the box with it's, it's it's the same principle they using uvc light so you can disinfect uh, the these uh, uh, the vr headsets so so uh, nanotechnology coming back to nanotechnology so can you talk about your zero emission low cost aluminum air fuel cell graphene enhanced battery that you have built and when will the product be market ready so aluminum fuel cell uh, is something which has been particularly uh, thought of from a india uh, ecosystem perspective because if you look at lithium ion batteries uh, that just doesn't cut it for india a we don't have any raw material sources uh, in the country and be that kind of temperature profiles and humidity profile that we have across the nation is not very suitable for that kind of technology also uh, we don't have the resources to set up that huge charging infrastructure which us and some countries in europe have been able to do uh, so uh, if you if if i talk about electric vehicles and if, if only 30% of electric uh, on the vehicles on the road have to become electric the kind of charging infrastructure that is required requires us to invest equivalent to our defense budget every year on setting up charging infrastructure Right. And this is not a one-time cost. This is every year you need to invest equivalent to your defense budget, and you know India is one of the largest uh, defense spenders. Hmm. We're talking about that kind of huge capital required to set up a charging infrastructure across the country, which is which seems slightly uh, unfeasible, uh, at least to me. So those are there are very huge challenges with lithium-ion uh, when you talk about India, and if you look at there's no battery manufacturing happening in the country. and everything is uh, uh, either in china or uh, south korea and all of, all of those places and now we have kind of missed the bus because we start setting up the manufacturing uh, today uh, will never be able to match the cost points where they will be and the kind of technology advancement uh, that they will keep on uh, uh, ramping up because they had a head start of more than 10 years now so uh, that's the kind of uh, conundrum we are stuck in whereas if you talk about aluminum fuel cell uh, the best thing is that uh, it provides you electric vehicle which does not require charging So it is an electric vehicle, but it can be refueled like a petrol or diesel vehicle. So that's the best part because you don't need to set up charging infrastructure on the existing fuel stations, which are anyway uh, immensely populated across the country. You can provide these aluminium uh, plates, which are the fuel for aluminium fuel cell, and then uh, you put it inside and you're good to go. Also, the range uh, that is offered on the vehicle is more than thousand kilometers, unlike your uh, uh, EVs, which only give you hundred, two hundred kilometers, and that basically means that in even intercity. travel on electric vehicle becomes possible right so 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 it it all sounds extremely positive because you're saying the range like really more than double up in, in because normally i think the range at this point of for an evs are close to somewhere on maximum 250 to 350 right that's what people are talking yeah. about so yeah. you're saying with uh, your technology it'll give you 1000 uh, kilometer range you don't need to refuel there there's no charging required so all that you need to do is add aluminum is that what you're saying right. and yes. what so add add for the price points how does that work so can you just run run me through all that so uh, the current estimate that we have it costs uh, you uh, so the running cost is similar to your uh, petrol diesel vehicle right. uh, so what you incur uh, in india on a petrol vehicle or a diesel vehicle ballpark in that range uh, your running cost will fall in so it is not going to be uh, additionally expensive for a consumer so i'm saying running cost is similar to petrol diesel but right. if you look at a there are two more considerations in the in, in the factor one is that the upfront cost of the electric vehicle is very high 
If right. you com- take any electric vehicle and you compare it with a similar category petrol vehicle, it is at, at least uh, two and a half to three times more expensive. Mm-hmm. And but in case of aluminium fuel cell, we'll be able to give it to you at one point five times. Mm-hmm. So you save a lot of cost upfront. And then the other thing which which is always missed out of anybody's consideration in electric vehicle is that every three to four years you have to change your battery. Battery in the EV, which mm-hmm. constitutes forty percent of the whole vehicle cost. If you if you have to basically change, uh, like if you do invest forty percent of your vehicle every three four years, that's a huge cost. Mm-hmm. So when you factor all of that together, your costs will be uh, similar to petrol diesel, uh, but lower than that, and it it falls even lower than electric vehicle. Right. You have to factor all of that. Right. Right. Yeah. So so yeah, it, it sounds interesting, but I'm sure there are there are, there are so many others who are working on different. Uh, battery technology but so so tell me are, are you at this point in time uh, talking to partners talking to people who where you can uh, grow the ecosystem and, and you know like collaborate like for example are you talking to oems are you talking to e, uh, people who are building evs yeah so we are we are working with oems we have we have already uh, completed our feasibility analysis on the on the te- on the technology platform and now uh, the idea was to by the end of this year get into uh, prototyping of actual vehicle but before the vehicle happens we we are getting into uh, using aluminum fuel cells for stationary power generation like okay. like a replacement for your diesel generators mm-hmm. that is the first port of call that we are uh, doing uh, and uh, the idea is to launch this on the telecom industry and then it will also go into your home especially in mumbai and delhi where uh, insertion of new diesel generators has been already banned Right. So uh, for for power backup, what do you do? Because if you need long term backup, then you can't depend on inverters because they can only give you for a few hours, uh, give you power backup for a few hours. So from that perspective, that's the first uh, thing. The first thing we will be taking to market. And uh, if COVID was not in place, then uh, we would have already started prototyping it with with our OEM. Uh, sorry, piloting it with our OEM. But uh, another two three months, we'll start that uh, pilot. and then it will uh, go into actual pilots on a telecom tower and then we'll start manufacturing in the next year so that's the that's the roadmap we have uh, but as far as the vehicle is concerned uh, the electric vehicle uh, uh, prototyping or piloting with the oem will start early next year lovely uh, so it sounds extremely exciting so wish you guys the very best for it so besides uh, the, the clean energy uh, uh, I, i read on the this the the website that uh, this will be zero uh, uh, emission right so could you share a little bit more light on that yeah so it's uh, so as i said it's a refuelable electric vehicle so there is zero, uh, no emissions in this technology the way the, the technology works is that you have aluminium and then it gets oxidized inside inside our system and uh, that generates energy so if you look at aluminium smelting or aluminium industry per, per se what happens is when you get aluminium from the earth it is in the oxidized oxid, uh, oxidized form so it is aluminium oxide that you get out of uh, out of the earth and then you convert that into aluminium right so uh, when you are doing oxide to aluminium right so you are putting in energy it, it requires electricity to produce that and what 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 you're doing is when we take aluminium as a fuel we put it in our system and it gets oxidized again so that releases energy so we're capturing that energy back in the form of electricity which can power up the vehicle so that's how it happens so there is storage of energy in the in the chemical nature of aluminium and then uh, withdrawing that energy from uh, from aluminium so that's the way the industry circular 
right it's a, it's a circular uh, system right. so uh, again it gets uh, aluminum oxide gets created and then that aluminum oxide is sent back to the smelter again which can again convert into aluminum it's a completely circular zero waste generation zero emissions lovely super uh, uh, interesting so b- besides the clean energy space you are also in- into the filtration space with the nanotechnology right with the sorbene product so can you just little talk about that yeah so basically uh, if you talk about sorbene that's, that's the one i uh, gave you an example of so uh, it uses graphene to absorb oil from spills or any other chemical wherever it is spilled whether it is in water or whether it is on land and if you uh, look at sorbene uh, so this uh, our sorbene pads are five times more efficient then uh, the competing pads in the market whether you take 3m new pig and there are other companies and these are like uh, huge uh, billion dollar ventures uh, which which have these pads for spill containment and uh, if you compare our product with that they, they are it is five times more efficient in absorbing oil so if uh, one uh, one uh, so the way it works is that our pad can absorb uh, 80 times its own weight in oil and uh, if if it is in water then it will not absorb even a single drop of water and only oil will, will be picked up so you can clean up any oil spill which is happening in the oceans and save the marine life at the same time there are a lot of spills happen in the industry as well so you can absorb that clean it clean up the space and maintain a hygienic working environment so that's the product sorbene that uh, that we uh, we have been manufacturing for some time now right lovely so to uh, i mean i forgot to ask you the question what's the price points for the corona oven i mean if it's it's commercially uh, it's available what's the price point at this point in time somebody wants so to corona oven where uh, you need to go th- go and get it and what's the price point so you can go to our website uh, www.coronaoven.com uh, mm-hmm. that's the website it, you can directly order from there uh, there uh, there are two variants uh, 33 liter capacity and total 20 liter capacity uh, right now the one that that is available is 33 liter capacity which is uh, at a price point of 12000 right so what would you tell uh, advise startups who are getting into nanotechnology at this point and where should they go what should they do what are the do's and uh, must do's and uh, what they should avoid so uh, basically for startups uh, they should focus on uh, figuring out their niche their core expertise in nanotechnology because nanotechnology as, as we are discussing uh, can be applied into various different areas they need to figure out uh, what particular sector or area is particularly suited for them uh, the kind of uh, expertise they have the kind of experience uh, the founders have and then focus on that because every aspect cannot be taken up for example we uh, also explored uh, some some stuff on the on the electronic side and then we said that no this is not possible for a startup like us because uh, the kind of capital required for this is huge so uh, for example if you want to do something on the microchip side or stuff like that then you don't need to invest uh, uh, hundreds of millions of dollars to start with which is not possible for a startup so from that perspective you need to figure out that Uh, what areas of nanotechnology what application in nanotechnology is something which is feasible in your scope especially for the startups right right so so last question you know it's it's a little deep it's philosophical so everything that we know of like i said we started with it is made out of atoms right you your coal diamonds sand trees as humans the entire universe is just an arrangement rearrangement of clumps of atoms you know so do you believe what double slit experiment posits you know that that atoms do not exist it it comes into exist uh, existence only on a cons- conscious observer right so what do you think will be the implications 
when we have a working quantum computer uh, a quantum computer that instead of or, or like a normal classical computer which works on binary code works on qubits qubits the source code are life right and that's atoms so you know will that be the tool of the gods so how excited are you of that future or do you i mean you don't even get into something like that no i i think those kind of advancements are the next step of uh, technological progress because uh, unless and until you have that we are kind of reaching a limit on what we can do from physical structures so what you can do from a physical processor uh, the the kind of uh, processor that we have today there is a limit to that even you you are you are already at a nanotechnology level now you have to like you said get to the atomic level that's the only step left so if you have to make progress and then you have to really explore the universe and uh go about uh, as uh, uh musk uh, uh, hopes uh, colonize mars and stuff like that so for that uh, all that kind of stuff to happen it is very important to get to quantum computing and uh, those kind of uh, technological advancements lovely lovely so akshay thank you it was a pleasure talking to you and getting to know about what you're building so what comes next for you what comes next for log 9 and what's your future vision or moonshot so the moonshot definitely is aluminum fuel cell there is no doubt about it we want to uh, completely base the ev dream of india on the aluminum fuel cell because if you look at it india is one of the largest producers of aluminum in the world and from every which perspective from the temperature humidity profile uh, availability of raw materials uh, it makes tremendous sense for india so that that's uh, definitely our moonshot and then what we want to do is make aluminum fuel cell uh, or india a hub of aluminum fuel cell wherein it originates uh, serves the country and then gets exported to the entire world so that that that's our moonshot and immediately next step is definitely to get into uh, telecom industry with aluminum fuel cell and then uh, the electric vehicles in the next year uh, so that's what we are working upon and uh, right now if i if i talk about very short term uh, next 4 uh, 5 6 months then uh, we are also trying to uh, develop various variants of uh, corona oven which can be used to uh, kind of sanitize and protect uh, different use cases so for example sanitizing an entire hospital room or buses or or uh, restaurants and stuff like that so that is uh, uh, what we are looking at lovely akshay thank you for joining change and possible podcast and i believe that we need more innovators like you building uh, together because i, I was watching andersen horowitz horowitz and bill gates and they said the only way to come out of this very dark and trying times is to build you know we we need to build we need to innovate and the future looks bright right i mean we are at the cusp of the fourth industrial revolution things have never looked better for human history though there is this little roadblock which has come in the face of covid 19 but like like i said earlier never in the history of human uh, human time have we all come together and, and are tra- solving th- this problem and, and we see i mean i'm using the word opportunity i shouldn't be using the word opportunity but yes i mean the we we are using this opportunity to help each other and move ahead as a collective rather than individual so thank you wish you the very best for the aluminum fuel cell and i wish that revolu- revolutionizes uh, of the future of mobility but because at this point in time or 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 
ICE vehicles have messed up the envi- environment and it, it's creating such a, 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 a terrible future for us. Or kids, you know, my kid has a breathing problem. And, and, and in some ways, you know, this, this I think it's not just my kid. It's, it's people around, the kids uh, and elders around the world who are suffering. So, yes, we need a clean uh, uh, energy revolution. So, wish you the very best for it. And thank you for joining Change and Possible Podcast. And for the listeners, if you like what you see in here, please press the subscribe button. Like always, I'm going to leave behind the details behind of Akshay Singhal so you guys can get in touch because this is about building a community and growing the ecosystem. Thank you for joining us and Akshay, thank you. Really pleasure to have you with us. Thanks, Harry. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me on the show.